lesson for the fourth Sunday of Epiphany is found in Mark chapter 5, beginning at verse 21. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus came when he saw him, fell at his feet, and begged him repeatedly, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. So he went with him, and a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had. And she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately her hemorrhage stopped and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say, who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was speaking, some people came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. He allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the leader of the synagogue, he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. When he had entered, he said to them, Why do you make a commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. Then he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, get up. And immediately the girl got up and began to walk. She was about 12 years of age. At this they were overcome with amazement. He strictly ordered them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God.
God, in our time together, we pray for your presence and your inspiration. In all the parts of our worship that brings us here, we pray that you will minister to us in all the ways you know we need, strengthening us and giving us courage to go out and serve you in all of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. The narrative story of Mark's gospel picks up where we left off last week. Last week, our lesson was the story of the Gerasian demoniac. Jesus, going across the sea to the Gentile territory, heals a man who had a legion of demons. And at the end, as the people ask him to go because they're afraid by the power that Jesus shows, as he's getting in the boat, the man who had been healed begged to come with him, and he said, no, go back to your home and tell all the God has done for you. And he didn't. He didn't go to his home. He went to all ten cities in the Decapolis, telling everyone everything that had happened to him and telling people about Jesus. He was the first evangelist in that, on that side of the sea. Now Jesus comes back across the sea and he's met by this large crowd. And as he comes ashore, the crowd presses in on him. And there is the leader of the synagogue, Jairus. Now he must have probably been in the crowd and they maybe gave him a little space. He was a man of standing in the community. So imagine all of their surprise when he throws himself on the ground in front of Jesus and begs for Jesus to come heal his daughter. Jesus agrees and goes with him. Jesus agrees to go with him and he, imagine what Jairus must have been so overwrought that he would do that in front of a crowd. That he would do that in front of Jesus, knowing that the time was probably short. I imagine he was probably kind of impatient as they're going along and the crowd is getting in his way and pressing in on him. I can imagine him going, get out of the way, come on! We're going to be too late. He's frantic about getting back to his household so that his daughter can be healed. Imagine his frustration when Jesus stops and says, wait a minute, who touched me? In the crowd, a woman who had had a 12-year ailment sneaks up behind him and touches because she believes that she could be healed by just touching the fringe of his cloak, touches the fringe of his cloak and feels that she is healed from the hemorrhaging and the bleeding that has made her untouchable for 12 years. A person who is bleeding, and specifically a woman who is bleeding, is ritually unclean and untouchable in the society in which they were living. Imagine 12 years without a handshake, without a hug, without any, the people around you recoiling if they accidentally bump, bump into you. Because that's what it meant in their society being ritually unclean was contagious. Nowadays, we might call it cooties. But she was isolated. She was alone. She had spent all of her money trying to get healed, and she put her last hope in this, and probably had her head covered so that the crowd wouldn't recognize her. Jesus knew something else was going on here, because healing was not the only thing that he came for. So he says to his disciples, who touched me? 
And his disciples laugh at him. What do you mean who touched you? Everybody touched you. Can you? The crowd is all pressing in on us. Everyone has touched you. Which raises the question for me. Why wasn't everyone healed? The woman knowing she's about to be uh, caught doing something that she was doing sneaky comes and throws herself on the ground in front of Jesus. Same, same exact way that Jairus did. And I can imagine Jesus spreading the crowd and her coming and, and confessing that it was her who touched him and was healed. And as she pulls her head, head scarf back, the whole crowd probably went, <gasps> Not her! Ah! Twelve years of being untouchable and unclean, she was not supposed to be in the crowd because her uncleanness would rub off on anyone that she touched. And Jesus is not affected by the uncleanness. Instead, he touches her, raises her up, and says, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Him doing that reestablished her in the community of people who was gathered around. She didn't need to, she probably eventually did go and do the ritual purification thing she needed to do at the temple with the priest and all that, but but he restores her to a standing in community by being the one who declares her clean and touches her. Imagine how frustrated Jairus must have been as he's sitting here watching this going, come on, come on! And then his servants come up and say, don't bother the teacher anymore or your daughter has died. He might have been exasperated Heartbroken, We don't know. But we do know this in the middle of this story. In the middle of this story within the story. A healing within a healing. Jesus says to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just believe. He goes with him. And at that moment he says, he took with him only Jairus and his servants and Peter, James, and John and left everyone else behind how come he couldn't leave the crowd behind him before? I don't know. Anyway, so he goes to Jairus' house. He gets there and finds the mourners are weeping, wailing. And he says, why are you making such a commotion? The child is only sleeping. And they laugh at him. They laugh at him the same way that the disciples had just laughed at him. So what are you talking about? Well, he chases them all out of the house, brings the mother and father and the disciples into the, into the house. And he goes to the dead body. Again, unclean. And he touches her. He takes her by the hand and reaches across what is an uncrossable divide in that culture. And he says the words talakum, which, which translates loosely like little lamikins, get up. It's a, it's a term of endearment. And it's a way of saying, daughter. In the same way that he said, daughter, to the woman healed of her bleeding. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. He takes her by the hand and resurrects her. And what would make him unclean if he was anyone else is the opposite for Jesus. 
In that culture, uncleanness is contagious. People can catch it from those who are unclean, but Jesus is not. He's the opposite of that. He is the one who, can, who is contagiously clean. He is the one who has the power to decide and declare clean, holy, loved, forgiven, healed. The things about these two stories are remarkable. The little girl is 12 years old. The woman who was healed had been bleeding for 12 years. The term daughter is used in both. There is an issue about what is clean and unclean in both of these. And there is the restoration to new life. Jesus says in the middle of this, Do not fear, only believe. The thing about Jesus' healings is that, and I, I love this about the miracles of Jesus' healings, and that is that they never happen the same way twice or mostly never happen the same way twice. Jesus is always reaching across the boundaries that people put about touchable and untouchable and those sorts of things, but someone sneaks up behind him in the crowd and sneaks power out of the corner of his robe and he feels it. This is like a superhero movie or something. It's like, that is healing? He heals the little daughter and resurrects her from the dead by taking her by the hand. He heals lepers by laying his hands on them where they're sick. There's one episode where he heals a blind man by spitting on the ground, making mud with his hands and the spit, and then rubbing it on the guy's eyes. What the heck? I wish that there would be one way and it would say, okay, well, Jesus did it like this, so we might try that too. You know, it's this one holy waving of the hands, and sometimes he just says, and it is healing and a miracle. It's not constant, but what is, is this. Over and over again, Jesus says, don't be afraid, just believe. You know those places in your life that you believe in your heart of hearts are untouchable and unclean. You know those places in your families, in your world, of the, your homes, the world around you, where you believe there is no hope for healing. And that's where God meets us. That's where God comes. God comes across the things that we think are uncrossable and touches us. And it's important to hear and see that Jesus' message is, don't be afraid. Just believe. Because there was a lot of fear in his day and age. And there's a whole heck of a lot of fear in our day and age. Jesus was always speaking this word of do not be afraid in the face of those who were trying to make those people around them afraid. Sounds a lot like our public figures now, doesn't it? All of the people who are at the microphone speaking loudest our politicians, our community leaders, most of them are trying to lead by making you afraid of the other person. 
The conservatives are saying, those liberals, they're trying to take away your guns and destroy the economy. And of course, liberals are saying, those gangster conservatives, they're trying to destroy our democracy. <sighs> leading by fear is leading immaturely. In the midst of that, in the midst of those things in our lives that, that do make us afraid, God meets us and says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I am here. I am with you. I am reaching across what you think is unreachable. I am touching that part of you that you believe is untouchable. And I am bringing healing. The healing that God has always desired from us, for us from the beginning. God has always desired that we would know safety, security, healing, and wholeness. And that's what Jesus brings. In your life of faith this week, in your life of faith today, may you experience the presence of God in those places that you believe were untouchable and unreachable. And know that that's where God comes to heal you. In Jesus' name.